In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Dear friends, I would like us to reflect. We will look at the Acts of the Apostles. uh, Chapter 7, verse 55 to verse 60. In those days, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into the heavens. And he saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and rushed together upon him. Then they cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he cried cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends, I'd like us to to look at this and unpack it briefly. Stephen, the first martyr, full of the Holy Spirit. God was already at work in his life. And if you go back and you remember in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, you know, when there is a a big fight that rose between the, the women, those coming from the Hellenistic background and those coming from the Jewish background. And so you soon realize that in the midst of chaos, God is right in the center. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of frustration, God is always there. He has an answer. He has a solution. And uh, many a times we, we run away from chaos. We run away from frustration. We run away from, from tension. And we forget one thing. We do not grow in our comfort zone. If you are in your comfort zone, you are not growing. And so sometimes we need to allow the tension. We need to allow the frustration. We need to allow the, the, the confusion we need to allow the, the uncertainty of what will become, what will happen. It's like a mother who, who has a baby. No mother knows what kind of a child this will become. There's this beautiful song uh, sung by Kenny Rogers. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will be king? Well, the scriptures will tell us she knew because of the Annunciation, but did did she fully understand to what extent? And clearly, I want to argue and say, not really, because Mary goes looking for Jesus, and, and they send a message to Jesus, your mother is looking for you. They go to Mary and say, your son has gone mad. Mary goes out looking for, for, for Jesus. John chapter 2 Wedding at the at Cana, Mary says they have no wine. Jesus says, "What's that? 
It's none of our business. So did she fully know? Not really. Do we fully know what will become of us tomorrow? No. But can we trust God? Can we trust God and say, I don't understand, but I can stand under it. I don't have the whole answers. I don't have all the answers. And in our lives, in our ministry, we won't have all the answers. We won't have all the solutions. But God will always be there. And so that's the first thing that I pick up with Stephen. The second one, he's full of the Spirit. He's probably the second person in the Scriptures full of the Spirit. Mary is full of grace. And the Holy Spirit will overshadow her. And Stephen is full of the Spirit. And why will she, why will Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, still suffer? And that's a question we need to grapple with in our lives. Why do bad things happen to good people? And at times we think we have all the answers, and we think if I'm a Christian, if, if I'm following God, if I'm faithful, I pray. I live a good life. I shouldn't suffer. No, that's a wrong answer. We will still suffer. And so we need to go back and find what is the theology of suffering. And you go back to John Paul, a great orator, a great poet, a person who was an actor in his young days. Towards the end of his life, he lost his voice, the gift of speech. And you go back to the many masses he celebrated, the, the, the books and the encyclicals he wrote, and you like you realize this was a gifted man. Go to Pope Benedict, brilliant, great mind, who is now frail, elderly, and sick. But go back to our homes, to our families, people that we knew were professors, who were genius. We had everybody, you know, house full of people of life. Now they're left all alone. Why is there suffering in the world? And why do our people struggle? The third principle that I also find absolutely amazing, at the moment of his stoning, he gazes up to the heavens. And he sees the heavens are being opened and he sees the glory of God. At the moment of death, Will I see God? You know, there are some people who are privileged to, to have a priest at the moment of their death to give them the last rites, the anointing of the sick and the viaticum, but not everybody is that privileged. And I know a great number of priests who will never have that privilege. Who's going to be with you at the hour of death? Who's going to hold you? Who's going to guide us in that moment. And how many people right now in families, in hospitals, in institutions who are grasping for their life, who are dying, and there's no one for them. But we find solution. God is always there. And there's this beautiful uh, text or word, Ecclesia Supply. The church will always supply. What we fail to do in our own humanity, God, in his mighty way, will always supply. 
And God will always be there for us. And so he gazes up to the heavens. He sees the glory of God. The fourth thing, he sees Jesus standing. Go back to the creed. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But when Stephen dies, Jesus is standing. And so my argument is that Jesus looks down and he sees the suffering of Stephen and is like, what's going on? Go back to when Jesus dies. 12 o'clock midnight, midday rather, the sun disappears. There's darkness in the world. And John is very particular in the theology of darkness and light. Jesus being the light of the world, but when he dies, there's total darkness. It's like the heavens and, and, and the earth just could not see God on the cross dying. And for me, the argument is quite simple. It's like God stands up and he says... Stephen is being killed and he's the first martyr. First among many martyrs that will happen later on. Is God moved by our suffering? And yeah, I want to argue that God is moved by our suffering. That God is concerned about us. That God wants the best for us in our lives. And so if God cares for us, wants the best for us, wants us to grow, he wants us to become the best we can ever be. The last word that I want to talk about, Lord, receive my spirit and do not count this sin against them. Can I entrust my life, my ministry to God? Can I trust God with my life? Can I trust God with my family? Can the people of God trust God with their jobs, with their future? Can we trust God with our health? But above all, am I willing to forgive? To forgive myself and to forgive the people of God? May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.